Hello and welcome to Blast Beats and Bicycles, the podcast edition. We are excited to have here in our virtual studio, Chad Johnson, Sir Chad from the Fret Rattles. Chad, welcome to the show. Hello. It's a very virtual studio. <laughs> it, it comes with a very um, scenic uh, background and birds. and Yeah, you don't like, get this kind of environment in the recording studio. No, no. <laughs> Where's the stench? <laughs> the spilled beer. Yeah, in the basement with the windows you can't see out of. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 exactly. Air conditioning doesn't work. Right, yeah. Um, well, you're living the dream today. Then. Yeah, 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 exactly. The band next door playing <laughs> at ridiculous right. volumes when you're trying to talk to each other. Yeah, I'm sure that helps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're thrilled to have you on the show, and uh, I'm excited to learn a little bit more about the band. Uh, maybe tell, tell people how you got started together. Um, I actually, that is kind of an interesting story. My brother and I have been in band since 87. And the band before this, um, we were in a band called the Norsemen. And Rob, our guitar player, was also in a band um, called Animal Gods at the time. Hmm. And um, uh, if you remember Stashus? Yeah. Yeah. It was right when they were at, at the end of their run and we played their... New Year's Eve, both bands did together. Wow. And at that same time, both of us were kind of been doing this, as long as anybody can remember, Rob's been doing the same thing, just constantly being bands. We've known each other forever. And both our bands were there, and both of them were breaking up that night. No kidding. Yeah, yeah, we both had said, this is our last show, you know. <laughs> and then we had that, these conversations. We were sitting there at Grumpy's, Nordy's talking about this, and we're just like, yeah, I'm going to take – several months off you know wow. my brother said the same thing we've never been off not more than like a week or since COVID actually wow this. crazy yeah so we had no breaks and then about three months into it we couldn't handle it and <laughs> even my wife was like you're just you're obnoxious you need to get out of here and, and you know it's a, it's a great outlet you <laughs> why know? are you in the house yes yeah 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 and, and we get along great we're going to everything together but yeah I understand where she was coming from and and Rob was in the same boat, and then another member of that band, um, who was the original guitar player for the Fret Rattles for through the first record, same thing with him. He was going to retire for a while, and all four of us said, "Let's just start a band." <laughs> and so that didn't last long, and then that was the Fret Rattles. That's fantastic. And so, uh, how did you get your start in music personally? Um, way back in high school, my brother and myself and my cousin who's also in the music scene around here he's howling andy hound mm -hmm. um he's in the bloodshot and some other bands now but we way back in 87 started getting our uh um this itch to play music you know we were going to concerts we were going down to um first to have a lot and uh we decided we were gonna start a band so we got our first set of instruments Instantly started working on originals cool. and um, much in the thrash metal vein in those days. Interesting. Yeah, that was our first band was total thrash metal band. It was called Animosity. Okay. And um, luckily I met Earl Root of all Oh, people. yeah. And so Earl heard our demo tape and he took everybody under his wing. Yeah. And so he did that with us. Um, he said, you know. I'm going to set up your first 7th Street entry show. I'm going to uh, uh, help you network with all these bands. I'm going to do this and that. And that started it all. That's you know, awesome. he got us from playing literally in a, in our dad's basement to, you know, playing the 7th Street entry and 
uh, perhaps six month period. Wow. And you know, as a bunch How of teenagers. How many songs did you have at that point? Um, Three? We, no, we had a lot. <laughs> we practiced like crazy. And cool. it was like one of those things. We were kids and we were just full of it. So we'd practice four or five days a week three to five hours a day wow and um and then yeah so that that's where that started that's really cool so what a, what a great way to start out yeah and then my brother myself and andy our cousin were in the next two bands after that so mm-hmm. we did snack hound which um came out of animosity and that was a brief band but had a, a kind of a crazy start our, our first show was doing a weekend with the cows in the entry which nirvana was at that show too no they were in town, yeah they were in town recording um wow. pachyderm Lori barbaro had brought yeah. down to the show and then it turned around and, and the next show which turned two months later was in the main room opening for rocket from the crypt and we're like this is happening way too fast man and the band died that fast too <laughs> <laughs> well it's better to burn out than fade away yeah, right? yeah yeah and then wow. then we did the the viceroys after that which was probably our our longest running band outside the fret rattles yeah and and so how did you feel that first time on that seventh street entry stage that must have just been mind-blowing oh it was yeah it was you know that's where we were going every <laughs> you know Right. We lived down there. Yeah. And, you know, to actually be on the other side was super, super fun. I and, bet. Uh, and it still is, you know. Just playing, being on stage is like the best high ever. Yeah. So how did, you know, sort of from an inspirational perspective and, you know, sort of influential perspective, how did those early bands get you to the point where Fret Rattles became a thing? I mean, how, oh. how did your sort of musical ideas evolve oh, into that's, Fret Rattles? Oh, that's a good question. Actually, yeah, the, um, I think... You know, growing up, we were pretty, in the 80s, pretty heavy into um, the underground thrash metal scene mm-hmm. and uh, the hardcore punk scene. Yep. And that definitely, the DIY attitude, mm-hmm. the energy level yep. um, was definitely something that still carries to this day. Mm-hmm. And um, that that was definitely kind of uh, a big foundation. Even this, this band is definitely not, you know full-on metal has some metal influences but sure. it's more of a rock band yep. more yep. more in line of uh of, you know iggy and the stooges yeah and, and, and MC5, the helicopters yeah. mc5 mm-hmm. that kind of stuff yep. um but that energy level that we we saw in those days definitely set the tone yeah well in fact you guys have uh, kind of gotten legendary from the viceroys with you know your um getting kicked out of places and, <laughs> yeah. yeah there were there, there was also the hell raising years too yeah um the viceroys definitely left a mark it was fun <laughs> literally sometimes it, right? yeah literally um it was kind of interesting because as we got in that band it, it, it happened really organically and that band was definitely a snotty garage punk band mm-hmm. and um we'd always get the we the we got um well connected with all the um, twin tone, twin tone people and mm-hmm. uh, AM rep people, and all that in those days, and we'd get this feedback. It's like you guys are, you know, just like the replacements. Either you're awful or you're really good, <laughs> and you never know what you're gonna get. And I, I, so it's funny because I only saw the replacements once, hmm. and they were great yeah. when I saw them at first Ave way back when. And um, it, it just wasn't even part. I think it's something with the water here. Yeah, you know, right. it's just like, you know, because I've seen other bands like that, too, mm-hmm. especially back in those days. Yeah, for sure. That's really fun. And so what do you, what's your vision for the Fret Rattles and the music? What's the what do you guys kind of are trying to shoot for? Um, To 
have fun is the first thing. Mm-hmm. And when we did this band, and, and most all our bands actually have been this model, is that we play with friends first. Cool. Friends who can play. Yep. You know, I don't, we didn't, me and my brother have always kind of been the foundation of getting these things going. Sure. And um, we always have had, uh, a, like, when Rob joined this band, we'd always said, Rob's one of those guys we could be in the band mm-hmm. with. And, and, and know that we would uh, get along. Yeah. If you're going to be in a hotel room, you're going to be in a car. You're gonna be, <laughs> you you want to have fun. That's important, right? Yeah, you want to have fun with these people. So, yeah. um, and then it really was friends first playing second even okay. though the two guys that were in with this band play better than anybody we've ever done with so That's i great. mean jason is phenomenal he's like world-class guitar player and, 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 and rob is just absolutely amazing too and it's just yeah it, it, we got lucky so That's great they're, they're friends and they can play do you feel like you have sort of a defining sound i mean is there an element or two that really make the fret rattles what um, they are? it's kind of funny because a lot of reviewers have re- referred to us as proto-punk hmm. and um you know yeah. like that and and i never thought of it that way but i guess that's a good term yeah you know just because when you start you know we always say we wear our influences on our sleeves and we right. cover a lot of those bands yeah so, um covering like iggy and the stooges and the mc5 and um Radio Birdman, mm-hmm. and then a lot of that 90s rock that um, kind of revived that same sound. So, you, you know, your um, Turbo Negro, Helicopters, mm-hmm. um, uh, Electric Frankenstein, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So, yep. yeah, it's just that kind of real rock and kind of punk rock and roll. Yeah. You know, taking the elements of uh, punk, but kind of playing it more in the rock and roll style. Yeah. Yeah. Not, that, not afraid to have a, a guitar solo. Right. <laughs> and I love some of the guitar solos on, on your records. It's it, it really, I mean, there's just some really solid musicianship, which you can't say of, a, of every punk band, right? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm not dissing anybody. I, I listen to punk, like, probably too much. And, um, yeah, it, 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 it just, it's our thing. Is in fact, I think it was um, um, a review in Maximum Rock and Roll that's, I forgot the exact term, but it said it basically said um, good music, but a little overdone on the guitar solos, <laughs> <laughs> which I took as a compliment. Yeah, I mean that's kind of a purist punk attitude, yeah, right? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, 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 you can't have a guitar solo in this song; it's only two minutes long. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can <laughs> if you do it right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's funny. Your uh, your re- album from 2016, uh, "Pedal to the Metal and Damn the Consequences," got a lot of accolades. I mean, really got some great press, and uh, you know, I'm curious to know what that did for the band as far as recognition and awareness and that kind of thing it helped a lot uh, yeah actually um locally and um uh internationally with the the, the like real punk radio and, and specifically um the rock and roll manifesto but some other internet shows and um etc really brought in a lot of fans from elsewhere i think our, our number two um like region that you know likes your page or yep. whatever is brazil by a long no shot. kidding yeah interesting um and you know there's there's a lot in europe and a lot of that and, and, and um you know unfortunately logistics don't make it so we can play in those places right. and and even selling records in those places gets tough so a lot I of bet. the um listening comes via digital format sure you know, and yep. spotify and itunes mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff but um 
Yeah, that, that worked out good. And, and locally, the, you know, there was some good stuff with the Star Trib and that's in um, some of the local radio shows. And, mm-hmm. and really noticed, too, when that happened here, a lot younger crowd showing up at the shows. You know, huh. cause we're a bunch of well into middle age experience well, experience yes experienced <laughs> folks and i noticed a um you know a lot more millennials coming to the shows i don't you know know i can't if i attribute to the reviews or not but it was it was a cool thing uh to see and what i really thought was cool is, and i was younger you know sometimes we would be a little bit we'd be at the long show and go oh god look at these old guys you know and <laughs> i never saw that with the this millennial they're very accepting of everybody that's great which i thought was really cool i you yeah. know they were just just didn't see that attitude that, that i know i had mm-hmm. when i was that age <laughs> yeah i remember being at the, some shows too and going wow what are you doing here man yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> and so uh where did you record that record was that a local recording yeah that was a, a static studios mm-hmm. um ali jafar did it in um I, I that guy's just amazing in, in the studio. Um, he really gets what we're trying to do, mm-hmm. and he also um, is just easy to work with. It, yes. it, again, we had only met him through this, but it's kind of like if you know you can be friends and hang out, mm-hmm. it makes the studio time yeah. a lot easier. So um, that's why we went back and recorded. Actually, he did the mastering and the... Um, um, uh, Final mixes on that live DVD um, CD mm-hmm. um, that came out after this, and then he also has done the new tracks that we just recorded. That's great. So yeah. obviously you have a great relationship. Yeah, with yeah, yeah. We're, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> <laughs> Talk a little bit about your recording process. I mean, do you guys record all live in a room, or are you doing it one at a time kind of thing? Uh, no, it's live. Mm-hmm. Um, we lay down vocals and um, some guitar solos after. Some live, some mm-hmm. come after, just depending on on. Um, how with some are just easier to do live sure so how does that affect the vibe on the on the record i think it helps to come through in the record that's another reason that we were really working with ollie is because he caught that vibe on record which was to us like the first time really felt like we were in a studio Mm -hmm. and it sounded live yeah it had been a few years since your first one the first one yeah we don't move that fast (laughs) (laughs) we all have jobs right and and something and it's funny we had this conversation in the studio this last round and 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 with ali and it's like we're at a point of doing this for so long that we really want to put out a good product it's not Mm -hmm. going to be like filler you know okay we have to get like six songs written and yeah you know they're okay mm-hmm. um we really spend some time crafting them we, if we first go down to a studio and start working on a, a new idea that song will take three four months before it's finalized really yeah wow. we do it, it, it's constantly changing hmm. and, and i think when you brought up some like the solos and stuff if you listen rob and jason will work on that um for extended periods of time they'll be down there and kind of start trying different ideas back Hmm. and forth and stuff so it's a pretty involved process for rock and roll yeah do you uh do you ever workshop stuff on stage i mean do you play some stuff kind of in its infancy before it's ready for um not too often usually it's pretty finalized when we get up i think the only thing that might happen live is we do have a tendency to um um jam out a little more i guess the yep. mc5 kind of piece sure. comes out yeah totally and so sometimes the structure might 
change a little live mm-hmm. um, and we might keep it if it worked well. Sure. You know, yep. so, so there's times where, especially certain songs where, you know, we might break it down and, and, and or, or rev it up or things yeah. like that. So Yeah, it's it's always interesting to me because some bands, you know, they're like, especially for a good guitar solo, they'll do that note for note and it's always exactly the same. And then you see other bands, it's like you've never had the same concert from them twice. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah we're, we're trying to find somewhere in between. <laughs> keep it fresh, but you yeah. know, keep it There's definitely a structure. There's yeah. different points where, where things are are very much the same, but there are some points that they definitely can, can change. Yeah. Uh, you talked about the um, the songs that you kind of mapped out and that kind of thing. And on the Pedal to Metal record, you started with Can't, Can't Find It. Yeah. And I'm really curious to know kind of how that song came together, and then why did you choose that as the kickoff for the, this, for the record? Um, you know, and I, I wrote the lyrics for that, and that was it was a long time ago, but what... But, what I was just trying to do was literally the, the title says it all was can't find it and just being frustrated of not being able to find the answer to anything. I didn't want it to be huh. a specific thing, you yep. know, like a person or, 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 you know, your job or mm-hmm. whatever it is. It's just that frustration of, of, of not being able to find it. Right. And um, reason it, it really it was only just because we liked the track as the first, you know, sure. we had a long debate between that and shake my brain. It's the last mm-hmm. track. Yep. And, uh, we're fans of always leaving uh, leaving people wanting more so always making sure that last track I think some people have tendency to maybe go oh it's the end of the record we can kind of right yeah well here we'll, we'll put the kind of the weakest track back here yeah cause who see who gets there I always like having one that like people go oh wow that was awesome yeah you know and then maybe want to listen to it again well that's, <laughs> I was just gonna say every time I put on the vinyl I get to that last song you know shake my brain and then I just say like okay well we're flipping it back over again. yeah yeah that's the goal <laughs> yeah. exactly you don't you just you, you want to leave them wanting more and um by not extending your welcome or right. overextending your welcome yep. so not not having too long a record or too long a show yep. or and also ending on a good note yeah you know in live we try to do that too you know always it's like we, we end with the biggest rock jams that we can pull out of the time. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we'll do kick out the jams or a couple other songs of ours and just make sure to to make sure it's it ends on a high note. Yeah, for sure. Well, I want to give people a taste of that that record. I, let's uh, let's give them a listen to can't can't find it. What uh, what should people listen for? Um, I think just energy. Right. I, I think that is energy and kind of a a desperation to the song. What it, what it should be should you should be able to hear nice well this is can't find it by the fret rattles off of pedal to the metal and damn the consequences <laughs> Yeah. 
that was a lot of fun. That's uh, it's a great way to kick off that record, and there's a lot of, as you said before we played it, uh, a ton of energy in that tune. Yeah, and thanks. And yeah, it's it's still. I mean, we still, you know, the record is four years old, and yeah, we played that song. We play most of the songs on this record mm-hmm. regularly live. Yeah. So. You talked a little bit about, you know, sort of a very meticulous approach to songwriting. I'm curious to know, how do you guys approach songs? Does somebody come in with a riff and you just build on it? Or is it coming through as a fully fleshed out song? How do you guys create new stuff? Um, a little bit of both. Okay. So um, I would say probably half start out as a riff. Mm-hmm. That um, usually one to three of us, yeah, between Rob, Jason, and myself, come up with. And then there is another half where... The basics of the song have been written as well by one mm-hmm. one of us, and then, um, but never, never, nothing's ever in stone when we go down there. So even if you come down with a pretty close to structured song, we're all open to each other's influences and ideas. Mm-hmm. So it never, ever, ever ends up coming out the same. Like yeah. I come down with a song, and I have, you know, most of the riffs written. Maybe not like an intro or some other pieces. By the time it's done, it always sounds different than what I started out with. Yeah. And it always sounds different or different and better. That's awesome. So it's, it sounds like it's a pretty collaborative process. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's definitely, I think we've we've worked a sound over the years. Yeah. So, Are you uh, are you the primary lyricist? Um, No, I would say me and Jason. Okay. I, I wrote most of the lyrics on pedal, the first two records. Mm-hmm. Um, as we moved along, Jason's um, been writing some more lyrics too, which... Mm-hmm. Um, that's great. (laughs) Sometimes, you know, ideas come and go and Mm -hmm. and it's, it's always good to have somebody else who, who's, uh, got some ideas and, and, and can some creativity to do that. Do you feel like the imagery, the poetry, the lyrics change a little bit based on which one of you wrote the song? Um, Maybe a little, but they were pretty, pretty in tune. In fact, several songs in the new batch of tunes have been kind of a, joint venture i might write part of the lyrics he might finish mm-hmm. them um things like that so yeah and then also once the lyrics have been um finalized in fact i had I had to verify with uh rob on this for this this release that's coming out with one of our new songs um they wanted the lyrics for the lyric sheet mm-hmm. i had originally wrote the lyrics but i knew rob had changed them which is mm-hmm. also fine it's like if once the Jason and Rob are the two, well, Rob's the primary singer. Jason probably sings about forty percent of the songs. Yeah. If they feel that there's some minor changes that need to be done that that format it better or, or come across, you know, a little better in the singing style, mm-hmm. I'm always fine with that. And I know Jason's too. So I had to go back to him like, what was the final <laughs> lyrics? <laughs> what did I just say? Yeah, I, I gave you lyrics, but I know you changed them. <laughs> Well, that's got to be fun to have people to bounce those ideas off, and it's not you know, just solely your responsibility to. Yeah, and yeah, and there's no egos, no, no, you know, nobody's like, oh, you changed my lyrics. Yeah, you know, right. That, that, that was, those were written in stone. Mm-hmm. There's none of that, and none of everybody's, you know, I don't want to call it hippie, but very open. You yeah, know? that's great. <laughs> it's just low, very, very casual, and it's kind of probably also the reason it takes us you know four years between each record which is where we're at again <laughs> do you uh do you feel like you've got kind of an, an awareness of when a song is nailed or does it kind of feel like you just keep track oh stuff? yeah no we know yeah 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 for sure we, we sure we definitely know when a song is not nailed too <laughs> so 
there's plenty of plenty of time where that song stays in the, in the studio. Yeah, so. you've you've talked about the the new record a couple times. Um, do you have uh, where are you in terms of the recording process right now? Um, we did four songs right before the COVID outbreak. Um, so we recorded with Ali Jafar again. At um, it was a mix of Shock and Awe Studio and Ecstatic, which is his studio. So. Mm-hmm. Um, the four songs of one was picked up by seven inch release by um, the Rock and Roll Manifesto, which is a radio show on Real Punk Radio. That's great. Yeah, yeah, we were really thrilled about that. Yeah, and um, that uh, seven inch is gonna be a four band EP with a band called JJ and the Real Jerks from uh, the LA area, uh, a band called Tiger Touch from Portland in a band called uh, the Missile Studs from um, Australia. So Wow. Yeah, and there's two Australian labels that are involved too. So That's great. everybody's everybody's coordinating this in the COVID era, which has been just kind of a strange <laughs> experience. It's like trying to actually get a physical product out mm-hmm. during all of this. I'm sure it's just a nightmare. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and, and but it's it's close. We actually um they're just filling out the paperwork to have it pressed right now mm-hmm. so and then um between that and the record labels most distribution should be covered amongst the underground um between the bands and all the underground networks of labels in europe and uh u.s so so you should be able to order at least online somewhere that's great <laughs> yeah uh, you've got a number of uh compilations that you've worked with and i think most of them have come through this real punk radio uh, program, but you've also done some other compilations as well. How have you gotten connected with those? Um, yeah, we did another one on Real Punk Radio um, through that same same radio show, um, and then the other one um, we did one um, the Fistful of Rock and Roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, it's Fistful More of Rock and Roll, which was <laughs> actually a really total honor to be on that. And that's um, um, Sal from Electric Frankenstein runs. That. Oh, okay. And um, it's a, it's a series, and in the original series happened in the 90s and it, it really had the who's who of the 90s rock scene on those compilations you know um everybody from you know again like the helicopters and turbo negro and um um the dragons um the hives were on there wow. um uh, there was some other there's there were some really big bands that that came through that that series mm-hmm. and so he rebooted it Fun. And um, started looking for um, bands again, just from all over the world. Which is another thing about that series is it really finds uh, the whole network of bands that are going. Because we kind of sit here in our little world in Minneapolis, but there's literally hundreds of bands doing the same thing all over the world. Yeah. So Sal's been really bringing those bands together and putting these releases out. So that came out, which was really cool. Again, it was with a ton of awesome bands from mm-hmm. literally all four corners of the world and um it was a double record uh, the vinyl came out and um i think it was god's candy in out of via canada for the was a worldwide release and then mm-hmm. a cd release came out of savage music in california and then i believe there's going to be a repressing of the vinyl because that's gone already wow so so that's yeah great yeah it was really really cool and, and I, basically we got on there i do know sal just from the old rock and roll days sure so when he was doing that, I sent him our tracks, and he took a listen, and he came back, and I was very happy because he's doing 20 volumes that we made it on volume two. So yeah. wow, that's really cool. 
And it seems like, you know, these days there's so little label support, you know, at any any major level. So for bands who have aspirations to be more than just a local, you know, club band, it gets, I got to believe that something like that is really important. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, it does. It, it helps you, yeah, I mean, literally get your name out, you know, every everywhere else you yeah know, so i mean it's almost like one step above the t sort of tape trading yeah it, it is very close to tape that's a very good way of putting it i mean we're these these pressings are never huge i think the original um double vinyl was 500 i think there's 500 cds and then they're mm -hmm. talking about another repressing so i mean when you're looking at it you know these are only like a few thousand copies so right. yeah tape trading is a good way of, of putting it i think back too of the early days of like the new wave of british metal and oh yeah you know, so the early thrash days where it was like metal blade and megaforce were putting out some of those compilations and oh yeah would oh, you remember there was a band in uh in the 80s called Violence. Yeah. Um, I think they... Yeah, the Bay guys, Area, I think, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, Bay Area Thrash yep. Band. Yep. Really into those guys. Yep. And um, they were an incredibly crazy live show. Yeah, I bet. And they had uh, made a tape back then, I remember, and offered it for free in the fanzines. And you just wrote to them and they sure. sent it to you. Well, I think they ended up sending out something ridiculous, like 10,000 copies. Wow. And, I mean, it, it literally, you know... Yeah. Was selling or you know, going out more than some of the records of the wow. genre that day, right. and because uh, word got out and people were just like, and that that does include every kid who just dubbed it for their pal too. Right. So yeah, by the time they were on a label, they had already had a huge name. Yeah, that's that's incredible. I hadn't heard that story. That's yeah. a really cool. Yeah, that's I remember really cool getting story. one. We, our friends, we were just listening to it. And yeah, yeah, that was that was the underground, and yeah. this is kind of the underground now. So. Yep. It, it's always there. Yeah, it's it's fun to have that kind of option though for you know these these compilations to to get the word out more broadly and yeah. get a little extra support, right? And then you got you know like in the case of that 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 fistful um, record, it's double record. I think that's twenty five bands or something Man. like that. So you also got twenty five bands promoting it right. all over the world, which again helps because yeah, now, for sure. You know, just with social media and all this, mm -hmm. it's just get your your name out way 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 more than you ever could yeah so you you've got four songs in the can for yeah. the new record um do you have the other songs that you want to put on the record yeah. finished They're yeah done? we got another six done okay and um we, so the, the game is that once we can get back in our studio and um kind of get back in shape mm. <laughs> <laughs> go back and record get in and record yep. those in a second wave so yeah, and um, we're kind of just open on how we're going to put these out. We were going to shop the, we are actually probably going to start doing that now, is shop the other three songs around just for mm -hmm. interested in, about compilations or seven inch, mm -hmm. that's fine. Otherwise, we can save them for this other six. Um, but we kind of put that on hold with COVID. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's it's got to be tough to organize really anything. Yeah, yeah, know. and labels are hurting. They, I mean, they don't have funds right now to be putting out records. And in a lot of these cases, um, you know, there's a lot of these small labels that do exactly what's going on with that 7-inch where they might partner with you and they pay part, you pay part, they mm -hmm. help you distribute, you take a cut, you know, each take a cut of the records. Sure. There's a lot of that kind of stuff going on these days. And again, just with the, the, the whole situation, there's not a lot of new stuff, right? You know. Yep. So that's one kind of excited the seven inch will come out during this. Yeah, still. that's really fun. I, you know, as I listen to the the songs that you've got nailed down so far, I, I sense sort of a heavier tone to some of the songs. Is that kind of an intentional thing? Yeah, they're more pissed off. <laughs> they're definitely <laughs> um, with the state of the world. Yeah. E even 
you know, we'll see how the next match goes after the last few <laughs> weeks. So, um, but um, yeah, I think definitely with just the way the world is, I think that started to creep into our music. We never, mm-hmm. we've never been a, I would call what a political band would be, but yeah. um, the, what's going on in the world, you know, affects everybody. And I think the, the one song that's come out on the seven inch is, um, um, thanks for nothing. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people can apply that to a lot of areas in this world today. Mm-hmm. And um, whether it's in politics or or, or um, your job or that, right. you know. And there's just a lot of that that's influencing a very angrier fret rattles. Yeah. One of the songs that uh, that's going to be on that record and is on the Hook and Ladder record, the live CD, is One Step Ahead. Yeah. I'm really excited about that song, and I'd love to learn, hear a little bit more about how that one came together. You know, that's a Jason song. Okay. And, um, so um, he'd probably be best to talk to, to, to talk to you about it. But, um, you know, from what I know, it, it, it literally is about keeping ahead of the game. Yeah. You know, being, being ahead of, um, you know, your... I guess if you want to call it competition or um, adversary or, mm-hmm. or, or what, yep. um, it, it's just about being in front of them. Cool. Always keep it one step ahead. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've got a live version, the one that's on the hook and ladder uh, CD. So let's, uh, let's give people a listen. Yeah. This is One Step Ahead by the Fret Rattles.
for you. Chad, the first thing that I heard when I listened to that song for the first time is, wow, this could be an early Kiss song. Oh. <laughs> that that groove, that riff at the front end is like, oh, that should be on Rock and, rock and Roll Over. Who who came up with that riff? Um, I do believe I did. Yeah? yeah if I recall right. Yeah. yeah. I so. mean, it, it, it ramps up pretty fast after that opening riff, but yeah. that, that's, that sound comes back a couple of times during the song, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. And, um, yeah, actually, I mean classic rockets and it definitely still an influence for us too and yeah the, yeah the early kiss all that stuff um you know alice cooper mm-hmm. yeah, any of that it's definitely still yeah influenced into our music my first record was destroyer and ace is god so anytime oh. i hear something that's remotely oh, yeah, 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 kiss yeah. i'm like oh ears are perked up oh yeah 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 no no i yeah i was i was a kid in the 70s and yeah i, I worshiped kiss and, yep had all the all the magazines and the notebook covers and all of that yeah, yeah. Yep, I can relate. Um, you that record we talked about uh, is from the the Hook and Ladder live live at the Hook and Ladder. Yeah, um, and you recently did a, a fundraiser. You're in the midst of a fundraiser right now yeah. with that record. Talk a little bit about what what that's what's going on. Um, we were just wanting to help out the the Hook and Ladder where we recorded that that record. Um, more basically because not only are they a club, they're they're part of the community, mm-hmm. and um, anybody who's been down there and knows the staff down there it's a it's a non-for-profit venue you yep. know they have a small staff that works regularly and mm-hmm. they support all kinds of music you know i mean they literally book everything from you know you see a, a folk band one night a reggae band another night yeah a black metal band the next yep. night and us the next night and they treat everybody fairly they're 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 very musician oriented and they're also part of that community that was hit really mm-hmm. heavy in the riots. Yeah. I mean, they're literally next door mm-hmm. to the to third, the third precinct. precinct. Right. And when that went up, um, I thought there was no chance. They were I was watching those those images too and thinking exactly the same yeah. thing. There was no, and, and and they are one of you know few businesses that that literally down that street. Mm-hmm. You know, they got there and then the hub and um and Moon Palace. Right. And all great great. Uh, businesses yep. and they they all three survived yeah. in fact our, our farmer's market that we go to every saturday morning it's right between those oh two you're kidding two. yeah 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 <laughs> so yeah we've known that neighborhood very well we're down mm-hmm. there a lot and um so we just wanted to make sure that it, you know we've raised 500 bucks so far we that's got a great. few more um copies to sell um you know it's just a drop in the bucket sure they got they had some significant damage but their mm-hmm. main room survived that's great which is huge yeah and, and it, it's an amazing sounding record that's a great room. that's a great room yeah yeah and that was part of the reason we wanted to record that live mm-hmm. not only that they had the capability of doing it and, and and supporting a film crew and all that um they would um 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 uh what's i trying to say they, the, the sound is just just too good yeah there, it so. really is and it's but yeah a, and know the small room the mission room and the bathroom area mm-hmm. which they have awesome bathrooms there <laughs> they do <laughs> yeah, yeah you don't go to clubs like and have no that kind of bathroom right setup i mean ever. the only one that varsity is really yeah you know, close yeah to where that, you're right? like you're like wow this is actually nice oh, <laughs> yeah this is, you know not, not the 7th street entry back in no, the day no no um but uh or the triple rock <laughs> right you know. but, or um, even even the caboose right? yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and then the the mission room which was their smaller venue got um hit pretty hard i know and, and i think a lot of the issues were that after some people broke in and and did some looting in that area they tried to start a fire but it was put up by the um sprinkler, the sprinkler system oh, that's good yeah um but 
they couldn't get into the building for a, basically almost a day. Oh, so, so sprinkler, yes, yeah, and, so the water, the yeah. water just ran and ran and ran. Mm-hmm. So that's where a lot of the damage is. I suppose. You know, one of the things that, as I as I listen to those songs off that live CD, it strikes me as it would be really challenging to capture a fret rattle show in its full glory on, <laughs> on CD, right? How uh, how challenging was that for you guys to work with the film crew and all of that? Um, you know, it was really funny. Oh, we got a, we have planes flying again, yep. by the way, in South Minneapolis, <laughs> which is uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's Progress. a good thing. It's a sign that things are coming back to normal. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, the, it was funny because when we first came up with this concept, we actually we were doing a show there with our friends Left Lane Cruiser mm-hmm. out of um, um, Indiana and a, a great two-piece uh, heavy, dirty blues band, blues punk band that we've done some touring with. And we both had talked about doing a live record and cool. we thought, yeah, we could do this at the hook. Well, it sounded like this really small idea and then it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And we kept kind of saying yes to everything. <laughs> and then so when we got down there that day, you know, there's film crews, there's, you know, sound crews, sure. there's two sets of photographers. And wow. it was pretty overwhelming. I bet. <laughs> and um, But we were able to uh, um, get, I think it was about eight songs or so, seven or eight songs mm-hmm. on it that, that uh, Live with the Hook documented well. Yeah. You know, because you... Again, like I think you kind of alluded to, trying to capture it, we have a tendency to, and we didn't change our show to, um, um, our show involves a lot of um, energy and yep. the potential of equipment getting damaged, people <laughs> getting hurt, um, stuff getting unplugged. That's part of the fun, right? Part of the fun, <laughs> but it doesn't transition that well to a live recording. Right. When you're, you know, your bass just came unplugged partway through the song and... Um, so there was a lot of that. So we were happy that we got the, the, the tracks we did. Yeah. So, <laughs> so did you have to go back and redo anything? No, we didn't redo anything. Wow. So everything that's on there is the, the, the way it happened. That was, so, that's fantastic. So, yeah, it, it, it was nice that, that the, 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 when we got the tape back, we were thinking, oh, man, nothing was going to be a disaster. Right? It was going to be a disaster, <laughs> you know, and, and, and it worked. So And then um, we had a, a friend who had a film crew, uh, and Todd Wardrobe, and he did um, – the filming and he did a multi-camera he actually streamed it live on facebook that night and then edited it down for the dvd version Fun. and it's also on youtube too did uh, did you feel inhibited in any way because you knew that you kind of had to get it right at the beginning i think there was a little bit and then we loosened up yeah so um yeah there was a little bit of where we kind of go ramon style and don't like to stop between songs because we really cool. have nothing important to say. Yep. And um, <laughs> so it's just going to be awkward silence. Right. And But we knew that we wanted to that, that, the capture a track, so we stopped and it started. And that just started kind of feeling unnatural, so we kind of stopped that. <laughs> <laughs> just do it. Just do it. Exactly. That's great. Well, if, you know, for somebody who's never seen the Fret Rattles, what would you say is kind of the essence of your shows? Um, I, I, we try to, we kind of come in with a chip on our shoulder and it's not to be like we're the greatest band in the world and stuff, but we, it's, it is kind of a, a friendly competition. Um, so we, we try to, to, um, bring you a rock and roll show that you definitely know you went to, Mm -hmm. you know, influences up by like, you know, the MC5 and Iggy and the Stooges and 
locally a big one was the Mighty Mofos mm-hmm. and you know, the Batson Brothers. Who yep. For decades with the hipsters and Mighty Mofos, just always laid down that rock show where you just left and you went, yeah, I saw the Mighty Mofos. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's we kind of look at each other and expect each other mm-hmm. to uh, always play at that level live. And sometimes, yeah, we, we do get hurt. It's been blood. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, you got to give it all up for the art, right? Yeah, there you go. A <laughs> couple concussions, a couple broken <laughs> guitars, um, you know. <laughs> you, uh, I think your last show was that post-Valentine's Day massacre yeah. uh, with Impaler, which yes. I was sad I was out of town for that, and I, would, I was just really wanted to see it. Did it feel momentous at the time, like that was an important show? Like, did you have a sense that... You know, no sense, and it was it was a fantastic show. It was uh, Impaler, um, Virgin Horse, uh, Bad Idea, mm-hmm. and a couple of great street punk bands, and then ourselves and um, actually my wife and I do a DJ thing, DJ Rock the Monkey. Fun. So it was like um, just a it was just a really great night, yeah. and um, I just remember the show went really well. I remember kind of going, you know, the whiskey was. Doing being owned by the Caboose now, yep. mm-hmm. it felt like oh this could actually be a good new venue. Yeah, you know it really yeah. felt like okay here's a new place to play. It's mm-hmm. a big room. Yep, um, good sound system, and I just you know didn't think that was gonna be the last show for God yeah. knows how long. And uh, I just remember kind of leaving, going yeah we need to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> and so obviously you haven't had anything for a while. You had one show in March get canceled yeah we had two get canceled oh you did uh, yeah unfortunately other things we hadn't announced get canceled too we were going to the east coast in october which i found out was canceled Hmm. yesterday i think wow (laughs) so i mean i kind of knew it was coming sure again it was another with our our heavy involvement with the rock and roll manifesto and real punk radio Mm -hmm. we were going out for a 10-year anniversary show in um philadelphia wow and um so there was gonna be a bunch of bands coming from all over, and mm-hmm. from uh, one band from Sweden, a couple from the East Coast, no and uh, somewhere else I can't remember. But um, yeah, they they and we were gonna go actually play New York for the first time. Wow, and, yeah, everything's that's kaput. a drag. So is there anything on the schedule <laughs> for you guys? Nothing. Oh. Um, Not huh? even in Wisconsin where it's yeah, like where well, yeah, where it's a free for all. <laughs> well, yeah, and and part and part of it is is. Um, we just have to, uh, unfortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, we have to kind of all, all of us have some immune compromised people mm. in our lives close. Yep. So we have to be very careful sure. right now. So myself, have, my father-in-law's in chemo. Mm. Um, the others have close people in their lives that yeah. it just makes it kind of difficult at the sure. moment. So, yep. so it's got to be the right situation. Yeah. And, um, you know, so when things get to the point we can, we feel comfortable. Yeah. yeah. We're going to go rock, but, um, we definitely don't want to get one of our relatives yeah. um, sick. Yeah. And so, so there's a lot of that, um, kind of thinking, you know, we're looking at a live stream thing. Oh, you know, cool. I know the hook is, is getting set up to do that there. Great. And, um, with minimal crowds, mm-hmm. you know, and yep. it, yeah, that's weird. I would love to just be in the, you know, usual bar, room, you know, yeah, right. just doing yeah. the thing, but yeah. you know, it is what it is for yeah. a while. I saw the flaming lips did one where everybody, including the audience were in these giant, like bounce around balls. <laughs> and <laughs> and it was like, awesome. it was perfect. <laughs> like it, it's, it's on brand for them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it, it sounds genius. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think you're going to see more of that for yeah. a while. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised first app tries the same kind of thing. I'm too. sure. Yeah. Where, um, 
you know, you could put a few hundred people in first half, mm-hmm. sell virtual tickets for people who yeah. don't get in or won't want, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and do a, a show. Yeah. I think you're probably going to see a lot of that until this is done, mm-hmm. which is... yeah. Drives me nuts because we're just we're music fans. Yeah, and we go my wife and I and, and just the, the whole band in general. Mm-hmm. We go to just a lot of shows. Yeah, and and it's all hard. kinds of music. It's it's hard to you know I'm, I my refund for my Alice Cooper tickets for tomorrow night. Oh yeah, just yeah. came. You know I'm like oh oh yeah I've I got, didn't want that back on my credit card. We were going to punk rock bowling out in Vegas for Memorial Weekend. Oh wow, see the Circle Jerks and all this oh, it was gonna be yeah. awesome. And Coxbar and mm-hmm. and then um, uh, we had tickets. For some local shows, we had uh, we were going to go to see Monster Magnet, mm-hmm. and uh, we had tickets for that ministry show. At, oh, you're kidding! Yeah, oh. all that, and all of them have been re- rescheduled the next year. So I've yep. got this pile of tickets <laughs> for next year. Yeah, oh, and, uh, pretty much metal shows we were going to lately. We were going to Testament too. And, uh, oh yeah. yeah, everything's yeah getting rescheduled for next year. So now yep. I have a bunch of tickets. I got to remember <laughs> that I'm going to shows. 10 to 12 months from now. Yeah, I've got I've got Megadeth and Priest tickets for this fall, and neither one of them have officially canceled or postponed yet. So keep on my fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's yeah, tough. It'll, it'll be interesting to see what what happens. But kind of my feeling says is we keep getting closer to fall. That these especially shows like that. Where I hope so. I think it's good. are gonna get postponed. Yeah, and I feel like you know there's with everything that's been going on, people really are gonna want an outlet. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, obviously, they're going to want to get that live show experience again soon. Oh, I think the first few live shows are gonna, for everybody's going to be nuts. Mm-hmm. I know I'm going to, for whatever band I go see, I'll, I'm going to live it up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, what, what can fans do to help bands and venues like you guys right now? I mean, what, what, what do you hope your fans will do for and with you? Um, I would just say, you know, buy stuff online, you know, mm-hmm. um, listen digitally and, you know, on, um, uh, um, there's not a lot of money, but it still keeps the band's music going when you're listening on Spotify mm-hmm. and you're listening on iTunes, that the algorithms and stuff start getting people to other listeners sure. and stuff. So just kind of keeping that web going mm-hmm. is, is huge. And I would think just kind of keep an eye out for you know what's going to be some creative ideas i'm sure for be be open for some ideas that's great know? that's really exciting to hear i'm i'm looking forward to you know seeing live stream stuff from you i think that would be a really a really fun environment yeah yeah it'll work <laughs> <laughs> where uh, where do we send people to find out more about you um you can just go to fretrattles.com there's links okay. to everything there that's so, great so yeah and um we we don't have a uh, official shop there but we do sell via the uh, messaging on there so, okay and, and that so great yep 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 we'll so. make sure to share that with everybody and uh, i want to leave people with one of my favorite songs and i think it's one that you leave people with a lot they uh, kick out the jams oh yeah yeah all right it's appropriate for today absolutely <laughs> chad this has been a ton of fun thanks thank you yeah, for coming on the show yeah i hope it was a blast blast beats and yeah, there you go <laughs> all right ladies and gentlemen this is kick out the jams by the fret rattles for this one